with Jenny Lehman and Tyler McComas. I think it's great. I think it's great for college football. I think it's great for Texas and Texas, Texas A&M. I mean, I think anytime the old rivalries are renewed, I've you know been a lot of rivalries, been fortunate to be in college football a long time and being some of the great rivalries in college football. And this one, A&M and Texas definitely is a great rivalry. And I think it's great for us and it's great for them and it's great for college football in general. And I'm very excited for it to happen. There's old Jimbo Fisher, SEC Media Days going on. It's talking season. We're in the dog days of summer here in July. So, yeah, that's well, what we've been following up on. Talking season for some, golfing season for some <laughs> others. Uh, hey, the XFL Arlington is uh, – their combine's not for another week, so this is kind of prime golfing season maybe for Bob. How how you uh, how, how you been swinging it? Well, it's not talking season for me, that's for sure. Yeah. Those days are done for me. So I'm uh, doing great now that I'm finally finished with, you know, traveling and XFLing and all that and can start concentrating on my golf game a little bit. Well, there you go. Um, gosh, it's been uh, really hot. It's hard for me to stay out there. You go play in the morning, I guess. Well, we've seen a couple of things go on at Media Day, uh, Big 12 Media Day. I thought this was interesting. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. You know, we got a new Big 12 commissioner. Bowlesby's out. Your mark is in. And then, I don't know if you heard this, the deputy commissioner had I, – I just – I was shocked by the comments from a deputy commissioner about OU in Texas uh, – entering their last season into the Big 12, um, basically saying Texas wanted to lose to to better teams than they've been losing to in the Big 12, which I admit that was funny, but then goes on to say that Oklahoma, um, you know, just kind of had to follow Texas as a reluctant bride, which I thought was weird from a deputy commissioner. No kidding, of, of which hardly anybody knows who he is. And and seriously, I mean, uh, what if we uh, we hadn't done anything? I think we've only won half of all the Big Twelve championships there's ever been. Is that right? Someone told me that the yep, other day. Yep, right. yep, yep. And uh, and listen, financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we've carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. And Truth be told, we've garnered more money even than Texas when, when you talk about TV money and how many times we've been on and what windows we've been on and the money we've generated. You know, and at the end of the day, financially, it matters. And if they wanted to keep us, if we were making all the money, why didn't five, eight years ago, why didn't they say, well, we're going to give you guys a bigger cut? Right. No one no one ever offered that until until we were gone. So, you know, in the end, so be it, you know, uh, you know, they got to try and save face and do whatever they have to do for the league. And that's okay. That's what they should do. That's their job. But, you know, us who know, no, you know, facts are the facts. Uh, So Big 12 Media Day, Brent talked a lot about competitive depth. He he said that a lot on Thursday, competitive depth, just kind of overall uh, on both sides of the football, but I asked him, I said, well, is there a spot where maybe you're seeing some competitive depth at one position more than any other? And basically he said, well, I'm a linebacker coach, and here's what I've seen at linebacker. And I know that you made it to a couple of practices in the spring, or at least I believe you did, but did you see that competitive depth at backer that Britt was talking about when maybe you made it out there a couple of times earlier this spring? Well, it seems like it, but I, I couldn't say that I watched it uh, close enough or intent enough like Teddy might have with linebacker play. I'm 
kind of out there seeing people and watching the overall just the things. But if, if Brent says that I believe it's there, I mean, uh, just looking at the guys and hearing about them, it sure seems that way. Yeah, they've gotten athletic. They're they're fast there. They've got some good athletes. They're they're low on experience, but they're very high on athleticism in that group and uh should should be fun watching them play and, and get going in their second year in it. You know, I was watching something here on the SEC. I saw Kirby Smart up there and he was talking about complacency. They've obviously they've won two straight national championships. Now, you went to two straight what happens whenever you've got it rolling like that? You know, he's worried about complacency, he says. Incredibly difficult, but he's got a ton of talent there. Is it hard whenever you've got it rolling that good to keep things going? I I found it uh, difficult for young people coming in acting like they've done the same thing. Yeah, I found it uh, very challenging when players all of a sudden showed up who hadn't been a part of that and felt like just because they're there, they are that. Mm-hmm. And and you, you know how you work to be in that position. And until you do that, you don't really know. And and so I get it. I get exactly what he's talking about. You can get, more than anything, young guys feeling entitled or just because I'm here, I'm going to be that same guy. Well, they don't always know the work it took for you to be a Buckus Award winner, Teddy, <laughs> and, and how hard it was and how tough it was and what a grind and, and in games, how challenging it was, you know, to keep the focus so you're dead tired and still make plays. Anyhow, to me, I, I, that's where I found it challenging where the players coming in thinking they've already done all of that. Bob Stoops is our guest. Don't forget to uh, pick up a bottle of rock and roll tequila, which by the way, um, Maddie McMillan may or may not have told me earlier today that half a bottle of rock and roll tequila, your IQ goes to about 247. <laughs> His words, not mine. That's just that. what he said, okay? So that's that's a pretty good line there. If you want your IQ to be higher, I guess go get some rock and roll tequila. Uh, w- Bob, we had a question out a couple of days ago about which wide receivers had the best uh, single best game against Texas, and D.D. Westbrook got a lot of play. And we were talking about him last hour. It, it's one of the more interesting years from a wide receiver that I can remember. Maybe a little bit of a slow start to start the year, but once you guys went to TCU, he was kind of unstoppable from there on out and ends up winning the Blitnikoff. I, I guess, like, what really got D.D. Westbrook going in, in 2016? Oh, he was a super talent. D.D. was an exceptional player. The the speed, the I mean, he was hard. You, you know, Baker. He's just like uh, I know. Uh, Marquise Brown used to tease Baker that you can't overthrow me. You know, Dee Dee was in the same boat, man. Like you just put it out there, and he's going to go get it. Uh, he just exceptional speed, hands, everything. You know, uh, had more size than Marquise. So uh, yeah, Dee Dee. Dee Dee was a special player. No, no, no question about it. Yeah, it, it's interesting, and I, I don't know if it just unfolded the way that it did, but we, we've we had – and the reason we bring this up, uh, OU got a commit today from a, a kid out of Georgia, wide receiver, four-star kid, um, 150 pounds, but he can absolutely fly. And we were just talking about how, like, the run of success that Oklahoma has had – with some smaller stature, guys, I don't know that you planned it out that way. It just kind of unfolded. Is is it the offense? What do you think exactly is um, – Sure. Yeah. Well, 
we were, I got criticized like crazy early. I mean, right in the first week of recruiting Marquise Brown at 140 pounds. Mm-hmm. No one criticizes us now. Everyone acts like, oh, we knew he was going to be all that. Well, you recruit a 140-pound guy at wide receiver has incredible, just unusual speed. We're not asking them to go block linebackers or to kick out a defensive end. We're asking them to run by everybody and catch the ball. Well, that's pretty easy to do when you can run past everybody and you have good hands. And then that 140, once you get them into your nutrition, your team nutritionist and working out and scheduled meals and whatnot, all of a sudden he's 170 within a year. So that's what happens. And that speed doesn't go away. It only increases as the guy, you know, trains and gets faster with, with strength training. So, uh, you know, when you get that kind of speed, uh, those guys can, you know, like I said, they're, they're not going in there trying to block linebackers. Uh, I, Mark Clayton's got to be one of the best examples of that uh, and how tiny yeah. he was when he showed up. And uh, he wasn't he – you wouldn't consider him a small guy when he left. He couldn't bench press 130 pounds <laughs> one time. No, when we tested him, he blew, he blew his pec muscle yeah. out trying to bench 130 pounds. He ended up okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. So uh, – you know, you just have to work on developing. But when you, people have the route running, the feet, and the speed, that that part you can't quite, you know, always train. Last one for me. I, I wanted to get a, a Renegades question in here. Um, training camp's going to start soon in college football in the NFL. Some of your guys on the roster last year, are, are, are they going to try to go to a training camp in the NFL? I, I guess just from a roster standpoint, how do you how do you manage that? Well, we know who they are, the guys that have been invited. Um, and I think throughout the league there's been around 100 or so that have had workouts and training camps with people. So, um, you know, we've had a few uh, that have been worked out as well as been invited to camp. So we'll see. That'll be fluid here through the summer. We're rooting for all of them to make it. Uh, we want them to. And then if they don't and they want to return with us, we have their rights and they'll come back with us. And uh, the ones who end up sticking with somebody, God bless them. We're happy for them, and we'll, we'll, you know, draft or, you know, trade for another guy. So, uh, you know, so it'll, it'll be fluid, you know, all the way through February, up to February, up to game time. Yeah, it's good for the league when those guys go make a, a, a team somewhere and, and go represent and do some good things in the NFL. Coach? We appreciate you stopping by. Hit them straight. Good luck on that short game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, guys. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Thanks, Coach. And we have our audio clip for the day. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> yeah, no one knows who he is anyway or something. Oh, man, that was great. <laughs> yes. Well, second time uh, a K-Ref audio clip is going to go viral this week, huh? Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I ask a question like that, I, I honestly don't know what – I'm going to get back. And sometimes you get coach on treading lightly a little yeah, bit. And you yeah. can tell that he's, you know, he's having a good time. And, but I starting it off with a question like that, he could, you know, fire right back at me. I didn't even see what he said. What what'd he say? You know? So, uh, that was great. Yeah. I thought that Catch was awesome. Bob Stoops every Tuesday right here on the rush brought to you by Modelo. He's right no though. Deal. It's the money. I, I, I get, the Big 12 being frustrated with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. But they're leaving with the current deal, and I can't remember the exact numbers of the Big 12's new deal, but it's going to be $25-plus million a year that they're leaving on the table. 
And that's just the TV payout. That doesn't have anything to do with the revenue you're going to generate on facilities for for football games, for home games, playing in in you know some better television slots. Hopefully, um, I think <laughs> no you know I think the the um, the crowds are going to be better in all of the sports, and I, it may take a little bit of time in in baseball and in basketball, but I think over time it's all going to get better, and it's it's just a no-brainer. I've made this point a couple of times since the, the move was announced, but I look back at the, the day that we first heard of the SEC move, and I say, yeah. thank God that that happened. Because I can't stress this enough, man, and I know that there's still some people that are a little bit nervous about it, but imagine the nerves if all of these moves were happening in college football and OU was staying status quo in the Big 12. We'd be talking about the payout between Big Ten and SEC teams compared to that of OU and what a competitive disadvantage they're at. And you know what else we'd be throwing out? Something that I was going to bring up today. Like, there, there's uh, OU football announced many plans for yeah. this year. And there's too many plans that you can purchase right now for OU football tickets this year. One's the Boomer Package, one is the Sooner Package, okay? Well, the Boomer Package, listen to this, Teddy. You get the Iowa State game. You get the UCF or the West Virginia game, and then you get the Arkansas State or the SMU game, okay? In the Sooner package, you get the TCU game, the UCF or the West Virginia game, and then the uh, Arkansas State or the SMU game. I think I may have said SMU twice. Anyway, the point is, is that the difference between the Boomer and Sooner package really is do you want to go to the Iowa State game Mm -hmm. or do you want to go to the TCU game? And those are like the two big home games that OU views themselves having this year. And maybe it would have gotten a little bit better moving forward in the future. I don't know. But there would be years where, like, those are a couple of your marquee home games. Dude, we'd be freaking out over that moving forward. Thank God for the SEC. And that right there, that, like, too many plan, like, that's, yeah, that's another reason why you're moving leagues. Here's the other thing. And I know it's happened before, but – I don't remember them. Like it's rare that they are advertising tickets and stuff to sell, right? Net usually something that goes pretty quickly. It's happened. It's happened for a few years now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be a thing we made fun of Oklahoma State for selling. Yeah. The, well, uh, <laughs> I think those days are coming to an end here. At least I hope so. In the SEC, it, it, like, come on, they, they got to sell out season tickets next year, right? Well, at least I would think. They have a good year this year. That might be one of the things that they're kind of up against a little bit is, you know, before we buy our season tickets, let's wait until we get that good SEC schedule coming in. You know, I I don't know if that's that's an issue at all, but um, perhaps because I know it's a big expenditure for people. So season ticket holders rejoice. Um, You might have to pay a little bit more for SEC tickets, but who cares, man? The product is just going to be. So much better in Norman. The teams, the kickoff times, like literally everything. Rich, by the way, uh, today is July 18th, Tyler. Yeah, uh, that's 46 days away from kickoff. We're 46 days away from kickoff. I don't know when it's happening, but I got to imagine it's coming fairly quickly. Whatever they've got in store for the tailgating situation. Hmm, someone's teasing a No, bit here. I don't know, but I know they talked about it. Joe Harris did whenever the Southeastern Conference schedule release came out. He said uh, it was like a campaign speech about how they're working on a bunch of things and 
They've got tailgating's going to be better, and they've got some big plans that they're going to be announcing shortly. Well, hey, it's, uh, it's the middle of July. We're needing something. People got to start planning, President. Let's go. Uh, I don't, yeah, surely they wouldn't tell everyone four days before the, uh, <laughs> the, the home opener. You're giving me a look like, are you sure they wouldn't mm-hmm. do that? Are you sure? I'm hoping that they wouldn't do that four days before the home opener. When did they release the map last year that had every single place on campus was it, was restricted? It, was it game week last year? It was close. Close to it, if not. It was close. Well, maybe we'll hear in the next two weeks uh, what you're just talking about with tailgating. And maybe who the two non-con games are in uh, 24. One of them's going to be a Power 5 game. Ah, I say we wait on that. Just trickle out some information. I I need to know now, You know how this goes. August comes around. The team goes to training camp. And it's like, okay, here we go, football. And then... It's like we got a month. Oh, yeah, August. It feels like football's basically here. Then August is the longest month of the year. It's the longest, and it seems to be the slowest news-wise because the only thing you hear is injury stuff, bad stuff. The start of football season, I mean, it really is. It's kind of about three or four teases in a row before you actually get to what matters. It's all August training camp. Here we go. Don't hear much out of that. Well, NFL preseason. We actually have football here. (laughs) You watch it for three plays and say, yeah, okay, I can't really do this. And then you get to week zero in college football. All right, we actually get some college football here. Okay, Vanderbilt in Hawaii, uh, San Jose State. So it's – August really is just one giant tease. Uh, You brought up Vanderbilt. It's funny. Um, They are pissed that people refer to them as a um, a high-level academic school that yeah, happens to play football. The coach was talking about that today. <laughs> it's like the Take only – exception to that. It's the only time whenever a, a coach in an athletic department has like an active – a marketing campaign to discredit their own academics. <laughs> we here quote, we shudder at the thought of being an academic school that plays football. That's a very Vanderbilt <laughs> quote, isn't it? We shudder at the thought of being an academic school that plays football. Isn't that uh, like that's one what of Clark the, Lee, their head coach, said? That's brilliant. It's one of the funniest things I've heard <laughs> because it's all like student athlete and academics and grade point average and all of these things. All look at these guys that graduated and getting degrees. And it's like no, we shudder at the thought of that. That's uh, great. Is there a is there a funnier outcome to OU and Texas first year in the SEC than with all the Texas lost to Kansas in football jokes? If Texas were to lose to Vanderbilt in the first year of the SEC. So are you saying – Is that the funniest possible outcome of the uh, 2024 SEC football season? Well, the funniest possible outcome is that they schedule Kansas in the non-conference and get And beat. lose to both KU and Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds to me like you're saying the reason Texas is leaving the SEC is to get away from Kansas. And maybe we're leaving to get away from Kansas State, so. Thank God. (laughs) Hope that's not the Power 5 non-conference opponent. Uh, We're going to have an opportunity uh, to get payback in the Big 12 championship game against Kansas State for that travesty that unfolded Well, I hope not. You said yesterday they're going to playoff. They're going to play Alabama in the first round of the playoff and get some revenge from the Sugar Bowl last year. Yeah, so? Jeez. 
was like Kansas State might be the best team in the country, according One to reach the Veterans Crisis Line. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. OU gets a four-star wide receiver commit earlier this afternoon. Four-star Zion Raggins out of the state of Georgia. Five foot seven, 153 pounds. He is from the state of Georgia, so that means uh, Brent Vittable, since he arrived uh, in Norman 19 months ago, he's either signed or currently has a player committed from 20 different states. Yeah. Uh, not bad. Yep. Not, not a state this uh, the staff won't go to. Go to. And again, uh, one of the things I keep talking about, they, the, the names of schools that they're up against and uh, are having success against is really, really good. And yeah, let me um, – so they've had three commits so far this month. Zion Raggins today, that was Florida State and Georgia. We're two and three on that. Um, you had Devon Mitchell. Alabama and Miami were second and third on that. And then you had Jaden Jackson, who had Texas, Ohio State, Miami, and Florida in the rest of his top five. Yeah. To further your point there. And then you got Taylor Tatum on Friday at 11 a.m. That's an OU-USC heads-up battle. Number one running back. Number one running back. I was listening to Parker Thune talk about that that is like the weirdest thing ever he's not a five-star from any publication but because of where he ranks with all of the publication he's like makes makes sense doesn't it yeah isn't that right did i I get that right yes yes you did all right interesting he's a a composite five-star composite five-star he's the number one running back so we will take number one running back five-star is uh is what i say all right knippel chevrolet text line 405, the wide receiver sounds like another Buki. Great. He's small. <laughs> That's an interesting way to look at it. He is small. Um, I mean, we'll see, though. That different side of the football here. Um, but, oh, okay, I, if you want to have that outlook, that's fine, I guess. Santa John says, I read in one of Raggin's recruiting articles that he plans on majoring in welding. I didn't know that OU has a welding school Please advise, says Santa John. I don't. I don't know if they do or not. That's something I'm. I. I have no idea. I know they have like they have like a construction school. I, I say I, I'm sure there's something better than that is what it's called. But I know people that go for uh, construction degrees, uh, obviously engineering stuff. Like because like when you walk around on campus, what's the place up there on Jenkins, where they like they have like the doors open on game day where they build all kinds of stuff like cars and and everything. I mean, there's there's some stuff like that, but I don't know about just specifically welding. Four oh five Mule Shoes Brisket says if you could replace uh, Texas with another team from the Big Twelve to join OU in the SEC, who would you pick? Oh gosh. Um... If I could replace Texas with someone else to roll into the SEC with, um, there is not really a great option here. I guess TCU. I guess I don't know. I, there's just not. There's not an easy. I don't a, know another what we're team looking that, for. Yeah, I don't know. I don't look at another team here and say, "Oh yeah, they're a natural fit." I'd like to go along with them. Oklahoma State. 
No. Why not? It's kind of funny, the current situation. Yeah, that's true. Um, it is like a, you know, you're leaving someone on the What's on the best shore for the show? You, also, to... you always ask, what's best for the show? And what's best for the show is, well, it's, it's Oklahoma's fault. Ball's in their court. They left the Big 12. That's why we're never going to play again. I don't know. I think it's best for the show to have Oklahoma State in the Southeastern Conference. If we have to take someone... And I know that's going to really piss off the text line. That yeah, I, I'm State. not going there with you, trust me. <laughs> yeah, you have to play TCU every single year in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's, that's a tough one. I, I'd have to think about that one. Yeah. Uh, KW in the 918, I love it when you, have, when you guys have big game Bob on, but when you have Bob throw shade stoops <laughs> on, it just hits different. That was reminiscent of the Lynn Swan interview. No, we have the number one defense in the country. That's uh, funny. Jim in Arlington from Paul Feinbaum interview with Jimbo yesterday. You are such the center of conversation. Does that bother you? That great. That's great. That means we're relevant. I guess was Jimbo Jimbo's response. Huh. Hmm. Well. Yeah, I guess. I guess it does mean you're relevant. Yeah, there's there's some truth to that. It's um, you know. What, any publicity is good publicity? I guess uh, it goes a little bit, but like, you really need to back it up. And I don't know, there's some people, what, uh, Feel has picked him to be one of the bounce-back teams, right, A&M? Well, he picks like 20 bounce-back teams. Ah, nice. Like, well, if you notice last year, I had TCU as my number 14 bounce-back team. So number he's, got 14. Like, he's got like 20, 15 or 20 bounce-back teams. So he's – it's like a uh, it's like a roulette, a roulette board. He's kind of spreading it all across the table here, hoping to hit on something. Smart man. That's really – that's probably where it's more uh, – I think you're onto something there. Just kind of spread the chips around and and see what happens. There's some definitely some truth to that. I don't know. They're, they've got a lot of talent on the roster. There's no doubt about that. It's quarterback. The only time they've ever been any good is whenever they had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Outside of that, it's been really more of the same. We'll see uh, with uh, Batrino in there how the offense looks. Probably be a little bit different look on offense. I don't think it's going to – it's not going to be anything that's so new and bold that no one's going to know what to do with it. It's going to be a lot of the similar exact stuff that you see week to week with spread, with some RPOs mixed in there, some quarterback run game, I'm sure, if they've got a, a player that can handle it. I mean, it's all – that's the thing that's happened is it's all essentially turned into different versions of the same thing. On the surface, hiring, uh, as you've been saying for seven years, Betrino mm -hmm. seems like a great idea. If you're struggling offensively, there's a track record there. This is only going to end one way at A&M. Oh, the ego that's there between those two guys from who's standing closer to the sidelines, who's getting the most of the camp. Oh, buddy, this is going to be some of the best drama that we see in college football this year. Yeah, Jimbo on the sideline. Petrino on the sideline. I cannot. Oh, I cannot wait. It's going to end in disaster. You can't convince me otherwise. Coach, what's it like to finally have someone on the sideline that can call uh, a good offense? 
What is so much better this year about the way he calls offense compared to last year when you called it? <laughs> well, I thought we had a good offense. Did you not think we had a good offense last year? Go back and look at go back and look at the game field. Go 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 back and look at the end of the year when we were competitive and beat LSU last year. Those who know know. Those who know know. You go back and watch the film and you, you you'll see it. <laughs> Uh, that's good and stuff. And everyone's making a big deal about how he just won't come out and say that Petrino is um, is the play caller. I know you said, well, that'd be dumb. You don't want to give an idea as to, you know, yeah. what offense you can study. And, and I and I do think that, that there's something to that. I think Jimbo was just so prideful that he just doesn't want to have to say it out loud. It, it just It's going to be a beautiful disaster. I cannot wait. Yeah, A&M football is going to be so much fun to watch this year. Uh, who's their non-conference? Who are they, they, are at, how they, they are going? at Miami this year is their big game. That's right. Which, you know, Miami was not any good last year. I don't know, I don't know what to expect from them this year. I mean, you would hope. Because you can say what you want about Cristobal. He's good coach. He builds good – physical, hard-nosed football teams. And I would expect Miami to to round into that at some point. I, does that happen this year? I don't know. But playing at Miami second week of the season is not going to be easy yeah, it's also, for a team that was It's, it's also not going to be year. an intense road atmosphere either. So. It is What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. When you call a law firm, do you actually want to talk to a lawyer at Yala Gosney Law? Communication is a priority. That's Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Um, let's start here. 1996. Great year. You were what, five years old? Six years old. Six years old. Um, oh, you started like 0-5 that year. Yeah. Well, Tupac also murdered in Vegas, and the Las Vegas PD has served a search warrant today in regards to the unsolved, still unsolved murder of Tupac. Um, it happened there on a drive-by in the Vegas Strip. They don't give much information as to what exactly they found or were looking for, but um, pretty interesting little cold case files with Tupac. Who do you think is responsible here? Probably. Same person that left the uh, cocaine in the White House. We can go back and retroactive, re- retroactively figure this out from 1996, but we can't figure out the cocaine in the White House. I bet there was enough cameras in the White House to have found the cocaine in 1996. Probably so, yeah. <laughs> um, it was on the Vegas Strip right after a Tyson fight, wasn't it? Isn't that what happened? Um, my guess is it's probably the very first person that they thought it was and are uh, serving a search warrant on it now, 30 years later. Um, but still wild. Let's hope that justice is done here. What is going on with the running backs in the National Football League? It's like they're starting They're their making own less union. than the average kicker these days. I saw that stat earlier uh, this morning. Right. Um this is really weird. All of a sudden, running backs are like, begging to be paid like, not 
like what they deserve, not necessarily what they're worth to the football team. It's a really weird thing to watch play out. Um, I, if you're upset about it, to me, just go make it the case to where they absolutely have to have you and can't imagine playing um, with another running back back there. I, I don't know what to tell the guys. All of a sudden, they expect the NFL to be a charity case on position groups, and every every position group should be paid equally. Is that what we're getting to? What's going on here? Uh, I, I don't know, but everyone you know goes back to well, you know, you just sit out a year and try to get a better deal. Le'Veon Bell tried that. Remember when Le'Veon Bell tried that, yeah. sitting out a year? How did that work out for him? Well, he ended up getting he ended up getting a pretty good deal afterwards, and then it was how, lo- how a much disaster. longer was he in the yeah? How much longer was he in the league after that? Well, he he basically proved why you don't give running yeah. backs a, a big uh, here. Like, I'm sorry, but. It's supply and demand. There's a bunch of running backs that can net positive yards, good chunk plays, uh, do what you need them to do in the NFL. That's just the position that you play. Play a different position. I think uh, Joe Mixon, who had $9.4 million non-guaranteed base salary, he agreed to restructure his contract Mm -hmm. to remain in Cincinnati last Friday. His goal was to win a Super Bowl, so... $9.4 million. I mean, he's making more than most running backs in the league, but... He's one that's like, I just want to win a Super Bowl and I want to stay here, so I'll restructure. Yeah, they were probably like, listen, um, we need to restructure or we're going to have to go ahead and release you. And looking around and seeing what the free agent market is right now for running backs, it's like, let's restructure and I'll stay here. So smart move by him. Last thing I have, I thought this was funny. Um, You know, I don't know if you've seen the videos of like these, the protesters that, that came out in Wimbledon were throwing stuff on the court and, you know, overseas they're, you know, sitting in, in front of vehicles out there on the roads. Well, the British Open is this week and John Ron John Ron was asked about uh the potential for protesters to be out there on the course and he basically said, You better stay away. You don't want to hit get uh, get hit with a golf ball, uh, suggesting he might fire a golf ball at one of the protesters, which is hilarious. But I'm sure we'll eventually bring out the people that are just so offended that he could say something like that. But funny nonetheless. Uh, You got any more? Nope. Okay, this is from an anonymous Pac-12 assistant coach making comments towards Alex Grinch and his defense uh, in Athlon. On defense, they're still really susceptible and and you can push them around. I think they kept Alex Grinch because he's a great culture guy and a big motivator and he can recruit, but they haven't added enough to where the perception has changed. You can run on their front seven. You can beat them up. That was an anonymous Pac-12 assistant coach on USC's defense. Uh, thank you to uh, Utah's running <laughs> back Kyle coach. Or, Kyle Whittingham for, for chiming in. Yeah, he, this is the unfortunate thing for Lincoln Riley. Perception is reality, right? Uh, I think Alex Grinch is a good defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I like, I like, I don't like everything that he does, but I like a lot of the things that they do. But once you get labeled as a head coach that doesn't care about defense or can't field a a good defense, recruits see that. Everyone they talk to is like, Oklahoma, you play defense. Or, uh, excuse me, USC, you play defense. You can't go out there. They don't put any guys in the league. 
So that's the biggest thing that he's fighting against right now. I, whether bad, bad conference to go to with that yeah. being the case here. And, and whether it's Grinch or anyone else, they're going to be fighting the same issues that, that Grinch is under Lincoln Riley. Uh, crazy story in non-sports. Um, apparently huh. a U.S. soldier, who a troubled U.S. soldier, who is being sent home from South Korea, blended in with a group of tourists bound for the de- uh, demilitarized zone, and he bolted across the border into North Korea, the Pentagon said today. Private second class Travis King was not wearing handcuffs when he was escorted by military uh, police as far as they could go, a security checkpoint at a nearby airport. Um, It's a commercial airport about an hour and a half away from the DNZ that separates South Korea and North Korea, whatever. Anyway, this guy was being sent home. He's a soldier, and apparently he just bolted for the North Korean border, and he's been detained in North Korea. This is a wild, developing story and that we will update you, uh, update you on. He's still uh, – okay. I thought it was he was being sent home after uh, running a uh, – He was facing military punishment while in South Korea. I guess he was going to be sent home, and he thought, well, I'll just make a bolt into North Korea and figure it out from there. So I guess that's currently I, where things are at. I can't imagine that you could be stationed there – and not talk about or hear people talk about what happened to the last kid that they had over there. Remember? I beat him to within an inch of his life. He's like brain yeah. damage and everything. I, that's the wrong place to run. And I haven't really researched this a, a ton, but reading a little bit today, it, it's not apparently it's not like you just hop over a tiny fence and, hey, <laughs> I'm in North Korea. It's, it's like you run through a minefield really to get over difficult there. to get over there. And apparently he's been he, he got there, but he's been detained since then. Uh, last one I have on a happier note. Philip Rivers uh, is oh. having his having his 10th child. So congratulations to that guy. I know he made a lot of money in the league, but child number 10. Good That's, luck to you, Phil. That is impressive. I don't know if he feels like he's just got to keep things going. I don't. I don't. Ten is a lot. That's wild. Didn't I, he have a when, when they moved from San Diego to L.A.? Didn't he have like a personal driver? Yeah. Drove him from San Diego to L.A. In one of those vans. Yeah, and he would like watch film in the back or whatever, yeah. or that's, come up with new trash talk lines. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's wild. Congratulations. If, and if I say Dad Gummin after this one, it's really gonna hit. Yeah. Dad Gum. Yeah, congratulations to the uh, Rivers family. Impressive. Tenth kid. Wow. Could you handle it? No. <laughs> you Ten, can, You can barely handle one kid and two dogs these mo- most days. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Don't forget to download the official KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. You can listen to us worldwide. Like OU Architect is today in Manchester, England. Thank Mm. you for checking in, OU Architect. He says, just got back online and dang great recruiting news. Yeah. Well, I don't think the good recruiting news is uh, done this week just yet. Oh, really? Trending toward the number one running back. Uh, Yeah. And I heard that'll be a fun day on the internet. You win uh, that one over Mule Shoe and USC on Friday. Yeah, that one's going to. It will not be a fun day if you lose it uh, to be USC. Awful day. It'll be horrible. It'll be a good day for you to take a Friday off. Yeah, it's that's. It's going to be chippy online. Um, I heard Parker Thune talking a little bit about 
uh, Waneri, I guess he's up there and, and stopped by practice to see those guys a little bit. Two weeks from today, sounds like he's going to make his decision. Wow. And uh, he seemed to be pretty confident that OU still leads there. Number one player, according to on three. It's exciting. That's big time. Uh, what else was big time is Bob Stoops' comment today yeah. about the Big 12 Deputy Commissioner and what he said. If you missed that, well, I'll replay that at 5 o'clock. You, you don't want to miss that. But one quick thought from Big 12 Media Day um, as we kind of looking behind that. But you, you weren't here on Friday. I don't know how you feel after listening to Brent talk, but I guess we'll see if it's true or not in the fall. But Brent sounded to me like he's pretty convinced that as of right now, they're going to be a better and a lot better as a football team. Yeah. Competitive depth, just kind of just the things that he said. He, we're in a much different spot than we were a year ago. I, I feel like the head coach feels they're in, they're, they're going to be a lot better of a team this year. Yeah. And if that's true, if he really thinks that, and that ends up being true with the schedule that we talk about all the time, yeah, 10 wins is, is the sort of the expectations. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I fully expect the team to be across the board, just more dialed in offensively and defensively, uh, assignment-wise, all of those things. You're in the system. Everyone knows that. The thing that I'm curious to see is, are we – have have we gotten smarter, not just knowing the offense and defense better, but just game time stuff, like the penalties, the the mental mistakes. And a lot of that does start with just having a better feeling for the offense and defense. But, you know, the lack of execution was just an absolute killer, whether it's kicking field goals or getting a stop late, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to do. I I, their roster's definitely in a better spot, but you know it's it's yet to be determined how much they've learned as far as just playing the game. They got to be better at, at that aspect. All right, we got the final hour of the rush coming up next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, K R E F, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the K R E F app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Hey, are you excited for the upcoming football season? Well, I've got something for you. Join Brent Venables, Toby Rowland, and me, Chris Plank, to get a sneak peek into the upcoming football season at the annual Fostering Futures Coaches Luncheon. That's Thursday, July 27th. It's at 11.30 a.m., and it's taking place at Life Church in Norman. Get the scoop and help raise money to support the needs of foster children all over Oklahoma. For more information, go to fosteringfuturesok.org to purchase a table or tickets. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. 
Are you frustrated with rising insurance costs or confused about your insurance coverage? At Rightway Insurance, each one of their clients is given a dedicated team of experts that work with you to address all of your insurance concerns. They are an independent insurance company that offers personal and business coverage. Rightway Insurance, 405-607-6014. Or request a free online quote at rightwayinsurance.com. That's Rightway Insurance at 405-607-6014. Not Your Average Joe is a nonprofit coffee shop that employs those with intellectual, developmental, and physical disabilities. Not Your Average Joe will be hosting a fundraiser on Thursday, July 27th at Chicken and Pickle in Oklahoma City. Join the fun with a silent auction from 6 to 7 and pickleball play from 7 to 9 p.m.